Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action helping others and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back, everyone. First of all, an announcement. Today we officially have crossed uh, 7 million streams and downloads in the, last, in the last reporting period. So as I told all of you, um, when we actually accomplished that goal, we would celebrate in a special way. And the special guest I have for all of you today is someone all of you should know. It turns out he and I have known each other for longer than I remember. Uh, a very special guest star, uh, Tarek El Musa. I pronounced it right, right? Yes, you, I did. You said it right. Tarek El Musa. Uh, it's a tough name to say, uh, man. <laughs> and you guys know him because he's a star from HGTV. And I'll just, if those of you don't, I mean, everybody knows who he is, but in case you don't, he's the co star of the hit TV, uh, HGTV show Flip or Flop, currently in its uh, eighth season with over 19 million viewers and ranked number one cable TV show in its time slot. In addition to successfully flipping hundreds of properties over the years, Tarek is success, a successful entrepreneur, real estate uh, expert, investor, astronaut, and fighter pilot. Really? No, I have those in just for fun. <laughs> With a, port- <laughs> with a portfolio of 100 properties, um, he has a wholesale company, home flipping, educational seminar, and production company. But you guys know him from the TV show. I have to say, Julie and I have watched this TV show, uh, and one of the things I always liked about it was the fact that you guys um, were always uh, – it always seemed like you guys were trying to string a deal together. You weren't trying to overlay the TV show with some fakery, just trying to make it look like everything was super simple. And you guys, oh no, and about man, it, yeah. it was it it was the real deal, man. That first season, I had no idea how to flip houses, and I was just trying to figure out figure it out on camera. And uh, the crazy thing is, when when I actually pitched to get the house flipping TV show, it was before I had ever flipped a house. So I actually I actually got the idea I got the idea to get a TV show by going to a Mike Ferry convention in 2010, and uh, I I met a real estate agent named Brady Sandal there. He's out of Palm Springs, and he told me he was a local celebrity. He'd go to the grocery store, and people would recognize him, and he'd get deals and make money. And and uh, I went home, and I was thinking like, man, this guy he's a real estate agent. He was making money on TV. I'm like, how do I get on TV? And if I get on TV, what can I do? And then it hit me. I just bought my first flip, and that, that's what I did. That's awesome. And you know what? The funny thing, too, is the whole home flipping thing has been like a, you know, a, a mega trend on all the cable TV shows. Was, was there any, were there any flipping shows on before you guys, or were you one of the first ones? Uh, we were one of the first, but we were the, the first one to go you know, mainstream. I mean, we're talking about you know over a hundred episodes. We're shooting the ninth season. It's it airs around the globe. So there were shows in the past, but Flipper Flop uh, took it to a new level. We have had I think pretty much all the major HDTV and Bravo stars. Some of them are coaching clients we've had on this podcast. And one of the things I've always learned that's fascinating to me, and you're just you're saying the same thing they've all said too is they basically took a risk without actually knowing how it would work out. You know, in other words, they basically pitched themselves to be part of this thing, or they had an idea. I remember the story about um, Frederick Eklund, right? 
and he, yeah. he essentially sent this. He sent this videotape in to Bravo. He talked about this on our, on our podcast. He just sent this raw footage of him, you know, helicoptering around New York and just, you know, being himself. And this is long before he was even selling a lot of real estate. And that's how he got started. He just essentially pitched himself like what you did to some of these TV producers. And, and what you guys should know, and uh, Colette McDonald, who we've had on this podcast too, which is also an HGTV star, um, is these shows are constantly looking for content. And there's a lot of production facilities. There's not, I know there's some in, I think, Nashville. Where, where else are they based? These, these, you know, essentially these small businesses that try to put together shows. Are you fam- very familiar with that? Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, those are just production companies all over the U.S. So like micro production companies everywhere, pitching shows, coming up with ideas. But the headquarters for HGTV itself is in Knoxville. Oh, that would explain why there's all these guys that are doing these TV shows about. Okay, I didn't realize that's where the headquarters was. Very interesting. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. yeah. It's a, it's a really interesting <laughs> industry. So flipping. You you started out by selling real estate. Matter of fact, you and I met at a seminar. Well, wait, a, be, and, before and, be, yeah. before before we oh you were getting there. I just wanted to let the audience know that. So Tim doesn't remember me, but I remember Tim. So before I was Torque El Musa, worldwide recognized flipper guy. I was a young real estate agent trying to figure out a way to make money. And I remember Tim would be on stage speaking at the event, and I was in the very back of the room making no money thinking one day I want to be like that guy and one day I'm going to be on that stage. And um, it's, it's funny how the world goes full circle because today I'm on a call with you. Yeah, you're on our podcast and you're also in front of right now, realistically, probably the next you know 48 hours, you're going to be probably in front of about 15,000 people as the streams and downloads. So it is awesome though, isn't it? Very cool. Well, so it, hats it off is your really ambition cool. though. It is. Yeah. And you've had, yeah. so let's, let's just, Keeping this real and practical, because the vast majority of the folks listening, you know, we have listeners in Australia, we have listeners in England, Canada, but like 93% of the United States. And they're all going to want to know, like, you know, we this show is famous for being practical, tactical, drilled down. So if somebody wanted, we're looking back, okay, on your, you obviously have, have, have Cohen, you worked in the TV thing and making that kind of thing at the same time you were doing flipping. If you had to do just focusing on the flipping, if you had to do that over again, what would be the five things you wish someone would have told you? Like maybe five biggest mistakes you made. Man, well, I mean, well, the, the man, it's you know, I I just kind of figured it out my own way just through like old school hard work ethic. But what would I have known? Well, I mean, back then I wish I would have known better ways to find houses. I would have wish I would have known better ways to hire contractors. So pretty much to answer the question, all five points, I wish I had some type of an education, right? It would have been a lot easier learning to flip houses if I had someone helping me do it. Like with real estate, the reason I became a successful real estate agent, to be honest with you, is because of coaching. Like I owe it all to coaching. I, I went from a, a kid, 20-year-old kid making no money, completely broke, living in his mom's garage, driving a piece of crap, Buick Park Avenue that was 30 years old to within 90 days later of after signing up for real estate coaching, I made $120,000 in commissions and I moved into a million dollar house. So, you know, coaching is really important. Yeah. Well, it is. And, you know, we could talk about coaching forever, but then people will raise their eyebrow because they think we're just going to be doing a commercial for coaching. Hey, and along those lines, oh, no, by no, the no, way, podcast is, was for- <laughs> like people, this is, this is my story. Like, this is how I sure. became successful in real estate. Like, the only, like, I, I mean, I don't know much about, well, I, I, okay, my story is simple. I was a lost kid, 
I was motivated. I was hungry. I was working my tail off and I was working on the wrong things and I wasn't making money and I was failing. And I found coaching and that I'm just giving a personal experience for me is like coaching changed my life. And what coaching did, it wasn't necessarily the things they were teaching me. It was the accountability and the mindset that really got me to break through to that next level. Talk about the mindset. What do you mean specifically about that? You know, so when I was first in real estate, man, I was a cold calling and door knocking machine, man. It is miserable out there. Like I, I had hundreds of thousands of calls and door knocks and it sucked, you know, but you got to suck it up sometimes. But what I learned early on, especially through coaching is business, the real estate business is nothing more than a mathematical equation. That's what I learned, right? It's like, if you, the more you talk to, the more leads you're going to get, the more leads you get, the more appointments you get, the more appointments you get, the more deals you get. But my goal every day wasn't to get listings. It wasn't even to get listing appointments. My daily goal was to make a certain number of contacts. And I didn't care about anything else. I didn't care if people yelled at me. I don't care if people slammed the door on me because it was a win because I, I couldn't leave work until I made 50 contacts a day. And um, what happened was I was obsessing over the contact, contacts and then naturally because you're making those contacts you start getting leads and you start getting appointments so for me i was only focused on making contacts that makes yeah well that's what definitely the core um, you know as you say that though it's so it seems like it should be so obvious but Tarek, you see agents out there that are it's so funny to see me for, for me to say this because it's so ridiculous who think that they can make contacts through passive means like social networking and, what, and, and whatnot. I live, yeah. It, it's ridiculous. It's all, it's all, bull, it's all bull, it's bullshit. I'm sorry. Listen, like I was, in, I was in real estate a really, really long time, and I've been around so many other agents that were making calls like me and, and prospecting like me, but they never did it like me. They talked to three people a day. They made 20 phone calls a day. Like, listen, you're never going to go anywhere if you do that. You have to be a machine. You have to call hundreds of people every single day. And, and so many people – they don't become successful through making their contacts because they give up and they quit because they don't think it's going to happen because it's a mindset thing. So instead of getting, you know, instead of getting, what's the word? Instead of getting discouraged by the fact that you're not getting listing appointments, you should be motivated by the fact that you're making contacts, which is your job. That is the bottom line. And that's also true, obviously with flipping too, because the better contacts you had, the more opportunities you're going to have um, at uh, finding good properties. But what he's saying, guys, uh, is what you hear every day from us. It's called doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And there are no exactly. shortcuts. And, and agents who are listening to us for maybe the first time, if you're looking for shortcuts, if you think you're going to be able to get a home run from social networking and having a bunch of videos and likes and all the rest of it, you are going to waste unbelievable amounts of time and probably unbelievable amounts of money. The real truth about the way anybody is successful in life, truly successful at Tarek's level, for example, is because he, for long periods of time, sucked it up buttercup and did what he didn't want to yep. do when he did want to do it at the highest level. And when, you have, when, we, when I have folks on the podcast, guys, they always say the same thing. I wonder how many of the tens of thousands of you listening now live and in replay are actually listening to what he's saying. And then how many of you are listening to what he's saying and then telling yourself, Hell no, I'm not doing that level of work. Well, if, well then uh, that is well, – go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. You um, didn't. You're no, fine. no, but – yeah, so, he, so that's the thing, though. It's like you have to look at where you're at in life. Listen, if you're rich and you got millions of dollars, you don't have to cold call. You don't have to door knock. You can go spend all this money on marketing and figuring out, figure out ways to become a brand, right? But that takes hundreds of thousands of dollars. So 
when you don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars, what do you do? You got to get out there and you got to work and you got to hit the streets. And the reason I became so successful as a real estate flipper is because I used the exact same lessons that I learned as a real estate agent. So when I was starting to flip houses, it was the same thing. It was all about contact. I had to talk to people in foreclosure. I had to talk to people behind on their payments. I had to door knock in neighborhoods that were upside down. And it was the exact same process. It was prospecting, contacts, leads, buying houses, fixing and flipping houses. So I took everything I learned from real estate sales and I implemented it towards real estate flipping. Brilliant. So listen, uh, those of you who have not yet finished your 2020 business plan, you, and I'm going to keep this short so we can get back to Tarek. You have to download it. You have to get it done ASAP. We've made it super simple for you. All you have to do is text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris to 31996. If you're listening to this podcast in replay and you still – maybe it's 2025. 20, it does not matter. The real estate treasure map is your fill-in-the-blank business and life plan. Get it done. And remember, guys, this is not just your wimpy one-pager. This is a complicated – going to force you to think it's essentially you're going to write your goals down of course but you're also going to create action plans behind your goals because after all guys a goal essentially if you're going to accomplish a goal it has to have an action plan following it or it won't happen and that's what the real estate treasure map helps you to do for free so just text the word harris h-a-r-r-i-s to 31996 so let's talk about flipping properties um i have a lot of coaching clients we've had a lot of coaching clients over the years who have that as kind of like a side hustle, you know, they'll do, they'll pick something up here and there margins. That's, this is something that I think I have these conversations with some of our top agents. They'll say, I'm going to, you know, pick up this house and I'm going to, you know, flip it. And I'm going to, I'm going to make all this money on it. And then you do the math on it and you say, well, okay, let's, let's do the math on how much time are you going to spend of your own, uh, you know, your own efforts, how much time, how much money is it going to cost you to do this, the other thing, and then compare it to how much money you'd make. If you double-ended it and sold it to an investor, and then the investor basically relists it with you, and if you only just make one side on the relist, let's compare. Which way do you make more money with, least, with, with less effort? Those conversations. So you have the ability to do both because you have a real estate license. You are a successful real estate agent. You're a home flipper. What is, your, you know, what is your math when you're trying to decide whether or not you should buy a house? When does it not make sense? You know, well, I mean, ultimately – even if it's a low-end property, say like $100,000 out of state, I, I won't touch a deal if, if I'm making anything under like twenty twenty-five thousand, somewhere in that range. <clears throat> Even though the return on investment is high, say for example, if I made $20,000 on a $100,000 deal, it's a 20% return, but the amount of work to get that 20% isn't really worth it. So I like to make a minimum net-net profit of at least like forty to 50000 on a deal. Okay. That's how you look at it. You look at it as a dollar amount, not a percentage. That makes sense. That's easier. Makes a decision. Yeah. Decision but, you know, like, like, you know, yeah. Like if I'm flipping a million dollar house, I don't want to make 40 grand. A million dollar house, I'd probably want to make at least a hundred, 120,000. Um, so where, how are the I buyers affecting your, and I know you're in Southern California too. And, and we're seeing obviously the I buyers get very aggressive across the country. What Zillow's running ads now and, you know, just offering to, essentially do what the wholesalers and the flippers used to do, buy a house at a discount. How is that affecting your world? Uh, you know, obviously there, you know, there is more uh, competition. There is more competition. Uh, um, sorry, give me one second, but one second. 
Um, there, there's a lot more competition. But I, what I think Zillow's doing is kind of crazy, to be honest with you guys. I mean, Zillow's there for real estate agents. Zillow's there to promote real estate agents. Zillow's supposed to be there and be a partner of real estate agents. And now Zillow is buying the listings before the real estate agents get them. So I'm very curious to see how the real estate agents are going to react to this over the next few years. I'll, I'll tell you what their plan is. I, we talked about it on this podcast. It's about you know 30 seconds. Essentially, they're going to get rid of the premier agent program. They're going to start referring the business out at buyer and seller side back to agents for at least a 35% referral fee and going up from there. Um, and like agents rant and rave about the fact that you know Zillow is losing money on every flip. But what they're not realizing is Zillow is playing the long game. What they're trying to do is be the, the Kleenex of basically the, you know, your, the iBuyer space or whatever it eventually becomes known as. So they're willing, just like Amazon for years was willing to forgo a profit because what they're trying to do is dominate that specific market space. And they probably will right. do it. But here's, here's the thing that agents don't really quite understand. If you read their public filings and read the things that they talk about, not the hype that's on the various you know, real estate websites where people are all panicky about it. They're only going to take some. They're going to try to do over. I think it was the next. I forget how long it was. Like ten years. If if our show producer's listening, he can Google it for me. But something like ten years, they're planning on doing something like five million flips. Or I, the math was ridiculous. How small they're, how few deals they're actually expecting to do. And for agents to be fearful of that, thinking that somehow or investors, for that matter, thinking that somehow there's just going to be this big tsunami of you know everyone's just going to wholesale their house. It just doesn't work like that. But it is something worth no. noting. It is a, a behavioral trend that they're trying to change. And that's, where, yeah, that's and, what and they're gaining. And, and, and that's, what, that's one thing I'll say. Like, I, I, you know, people like human interaction. People, people, people like human interaction, and people want to feel like they're working with someone. And at the end of the day, I think real estate agents are, are still, still going to be just as important as, as ever, regardless of Zillow or the iBuyers or whatever that might be. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Matter of fact, here's the thing that you and I are just talking about that's becoming even more true. All the agents who are coming into this in the industry or agents who are looking for, frankly, easy buttons, and they're spending their time on, you know, thinking they're going to be junior Gary Van, De- Van Jane. What's it? Van Dan? You know who I'm talking about. Gary V, right? Those of you yeah, who yeah, think yeah. You're, social ne- you're going to social network your way and, you know, all that to success. The more agents, the more agents that come into business that actually believe that, the easier it is for the people that know that they have to do the real work. So if you bottom, walk bottom line, it, meeting, yeah, I'm sorry. Bottom line is this: I see this, I see this crap all the time. Every single agent out there, they're shooting these videos on their Instagram, their Facebook. They have nine views from their next door neighbor. Like this shit doesn't work. Like let's just be real here. I'm known around the globe. I have millions of followers. And I know that my social media is not going to build my business. Like I know that, and I have a global following. So what's happening is with this, you know, all the social media and the YouTube and the videos and all this shit. People, people are being lazy. They're like, oh well, I should do that. It's a lot easier to do that than to pick up a phone and make a call. It's a lot easier to do that than to hit the street and knock on doors. So what happens? Everybody's spending all this time and this money making these cool videos, but they're not going anywhere. And they're not going anywhere because they're not working. They're trying to take the easy way out. That's right. And listeners, I hope you are uh, paying attention because this is the truth. He's he's being as blunt as I like to be, you know. And he and I have it, it a reality of the situation. But it is. It is. I spend hundreds. I, I spend hundreds of thousands of dollars every year on 
my videos and my productions and all my stuff outside of TV. But I know the, the core of my business is touching people and, and prospecting and doing marketing and things that actually work that are proven, you know, and it's like everybody wants to be an influencer and everybody thinks they're going to start a real estate page and get all these deals. And at the end of the day, it goes back to the basics of what works and what doesn't. And if you get every single top producer we've ever had on our podcast or had the honor of coaching, they had always over time guys and time could be five years, 10 years, the vast majority of their business comes from centers of influence and past clients. Over time, the prospecting still, it always has to happen, but the nature of the prospecting, it does start to level off. You know, when I, Rob Johnson, number one agent in Greenwich, Connecticut, number one agent in uh, Connecticut, number one agent with his company in New York City, that's where a vast majority of his business comes from. And he closed something like $140 million last year. So when you hear these people yeah. on our podcast, but you have to earn your right to be a Rob Johnson. You have to earn exactly. your right. Exactly. And that's the exactly. Like, okay. Exactly. Like, I'm Tark Musa. People look at me, oh, he's a TV reality star, blah, blah. I'm like, listen, you think I started off as a TV reality star 10 years later? I'm like, no, I had to put years of work. I had to grind for 16 to 20 hour days for years. It was the most stressful, heartbreaking experience of my life becoming successful because it was such a challenge. You have to, you have to struggle in order to be successful. It's the only way. What was the struggle? What was obviously the things we've talked about, but what other than that? I mean, what from this? What, what do we not know about the stresses and strains of? Yeah, I like this podcast because my struggle is the same as every single person listening on this call right now. Okay, my 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 struggle. Um, my struggle was not wanting was was my struggle was not wanting to quit. You know, because it's it's such a difficult business and you just get beat up each and every day and you start doubting yourself and you, you stop believing in yourself and you think you're, it's not for you and you think that no one's going to say yes to a listing appointment. And, and that was the struggle to keep going. That's what I cannot imagine the stresses and strains uh, from an individual, just the bullshit you've had to deal with just basically being you know, a, a real estate celebrity or even, I guess, even a TV show celebrity of all the tabloid crap that, that you and Christina had to deal with over the years. That must have, I can't yeah, I mean, our, our, signing up for was, that. Yeah, no, our divorce coverage was like the most, like, most followed divorce in the last decade. It was crazy. It was like, I couldn't get away from it. It was like every time I was at an airport, like? it was every magazine stand. It was every, saying, every grocery crazy, store. Dude. How does that even make yeah, I mean, sense? What, why, why would you and, and, care? Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't like a week long. It wasn't a month long. It was like every magazine, every media outlet for like a year. And to this day, there's still articles about it four years later. It's insane. It just doesn't even, how do you make heads or tails of that? Honestly, I'm just curious when you, when you're in, when you're in your grocery store and you're buying your toothpaste and you're looking over the yeah. magazine rack and there's a picture of you, yeah. how do you mentally, emotionally just, deal with that? Just laugh. You know, it's down. like <laughs> you just you just become numb to it, man. You just get to the point where you know life life isn't fair, and you you just gotta suck it up and keep moving forward. And that's one thing that's I know for line. sure. Is it worth it though? Was becoming a celebrity worth the cost? Uh, yeah. Um, 
You know, I, so many amazing things have come from TV, and there are so, some not-so-amazing things. But I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, some of the amazing things because of TV is, you know, I'm obviously building something which is incredible for my kids and the future of my family. But, you know, I found out I, I had cancer by being on TV, and my story has saved lives around the world because other people found out they had cancer because of me. You know, TV has given me a platform to spread positive messages and lift up others that are in a bad spot. So there's there's good and bad with everything. Yeah, I love how you had that, how you worked. See, that's clearly the words of somebody who's worked on his mindset and found the good and some of the bad. So I, I really, that's really beautiful. And yeah, you, if you guys, you know, if you want to talk about the personal stuff, you can, it's up to you. I wasn't going to ask you any questions. Yeah, sure. But you guys, sure. Well, so you, you, someone, if I remember correctly, somebody was watching the TV show and they, didn't they like recognize what they thought was like a melanoma or something on you? Wasn't that what happened? Yeah. So it was actually a nurse out of a tiny little town in Texas was watching my show and she noticed I had, uh, you know, a big lump on my neck and she emailed the production company saying, Hey, this is not a joke. You know, Tarek El Musa, he has this lump on his neck. He needs to go get it checked. And, and I remember I got that email and I, I took it seriously and I went and got it checked and it turned out I had cancer. That's amazing. Isn't it? I mean, that's just incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's a, I can see that's going to be yeah. something that's going to motivate you really to want to basically take it to the next level and, and be of service to more people. Does that motivate you, the, the knowledge that you're actually – you personally are helping and motivating other people? I know that sounds like kind of a, a flaky question, but I oh, get this, no, I get like my, my Yeah. My favorite thing to do in the world is to motivate people, is to lift people, and to convince people to believe in themselves. You see, because I'm a guy that's experienced the best in life, and I'm also a guy that's experienced the worst in life. I mean, I've hit the worst rock bottles. And, I mean, there's no gift like giving the gift of happiness to someone else, and I really believe that. For sure, definitely. You know, it's funny. Sometimes people will uh, – they have a, a, a conflict with making money, um, a conflict with accumulation of wealth, because they they have this limiting mindset that in order for them to become rich, in essence, they have to you know do things that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise done or sacrifice things that you know just those types of things. But here's really an interesting formula that I came up with from coaching a billion agents is this: there's a direct correlation between the number of people you help accomplish their goals, right, and the number of goals that you mm-hmm. will accomplish. So that's it. That's it. And so so the more people you help, the more of the wonderful gifts that life has to offer are going to come your way. So if you're, limiting a, if you're living a life of scarcity, if you're living a life where you don't like the way you look, like the way you feel, like the way you – everything, it's simply because uh-huh. nobody's taking anything away from you. Nobody's putting you in that position. If you were just to switch the channel and say, look, if I accept the fact that my highest and truest purpose on this planet is to be of service to other people, which, by the way, everybody listening, it is. That is your highest and truest uh, purpose. Then I need to embrace whatever it takes for me to help as many people as I possibly can, and that's going to mean I'm probably going to have to endure some suffering, work like I've never worked before, learn like I've never learned before. But on the other side of that acceptance, then you're going to start basically living, a diff- living on a different level. 
I mean, that's really it. There's no, there's no secret sauce to it. It's basically accepting the fact that your highest and truest purpose on this planet is being of service to other people. So how the hell can you be of service to our people and figure that out? Exactly. That, that's really it. That's, that's it, as, as simple as the formula can possibly be. That is the formula. Yeah, buddy. So five years from now, <laughs> we're interviewing you again on the podcast. Or maybe you're, you're visiting us down here in Puerto Rico at the Ritz-Carlton, and we're sitting on the beach. Mm. And we're celebrating, uh, you know, what you've accomplished in the last five years. What would be the top, like, five things you want to look back upon in five years knowing that you've accomplished? I will accomplish these things. I will have multiple books. I will have more TV shows. My brand will be exponentially bigger than it is today. And I will be continue to train people around the world how to invest in real estate and use real estate as a vehicle for a bright financial future. Um, and... I say this all the time. I'm 38 years old. I'm not slowing down. I'm just getting started. Like, this is just the beginning for me. Amen, brother, and I believe it. So, Tarek, I apologize for not remembering the first time we met, but I, I will, I will, I'm turning 50 this year, so that's my excuse. <laughs> uh, no, but, no, listen, problem. I really, no problem. I really appreciate you being on our podcast. I'm definitely going to have you back. You're a wonderful presenter, naturally motivational. Um, and, uh, yeah, man. God bless you and your family, and thank you very much for being our, our, my co-host on today's podcast. Listeners, listen, pay attention to what he's saying. These things apply to you. Don't just say, oh, that guy, you know, I read about him on People Magazine, or don't, don't get stuck there. He's one of us. He is one of us. Yeah. He's a real estate I, agent. I, I, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's, that's Go ahead. I am one of you, and, and if you guys want to find me, you guys can find me on Instagram at the real Tarek El Musa. And, and, Tim, I don't know if you know this. I just launched this week a new house flipping education program called Homemade Investor by Tarek El Musa, where I'm going to be throwing live events, and we're going to be selling digital products online that are going to teach people every single thing there is to know about real estate investing. So check out my Instagram at the real Tarek El Musa and also homemadeinvestor.com. Dude, send us uh, – connect with uh, Tom or connect after the show and uh, – Let's work out an affiliate deal, and I might be able to help you with that. Cool? Yeah, that sounds great, buddy. All right, guys. So there it is. Hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast. I certainly did. It was wonderful reconnecting with them. And uh, if you guys need me for anything, remember, you, uh, first of all, you have to get your, uh, your treasure map done, your real estate treasure map. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Um, for those of you who are seriously interested in moving forward with uh, EXP Realty and you want to have a confidential conversation with me, you're actually able to text me directly, which is 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. Thanks, man. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows, and until next time, Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.